Welcome back to Alphonse Arena here on the campus of the University of Maine. Our score at the end of two periods is Merrimack 2, Maine 1. Joined by Mike McMahon, I'm Mike Macknick alongside John Leahy and Mike McMahon from the Mac Report and also stringing now for the Eagle Tribune is with us. And Boy, Mike, uh, the Warriors go up 2 to nothing early in that second period. Looked like they carried the play much of the rest of the period. They had Maine back on its heels, but they had opportunities to, to put the Black Bears away, and they weren't able to do so. And then some terrible uh, decisions with the puck on their own power play ends up costing them with the Joey Diamond shorthanded goal. Yeah, a little uncharacteristic of, uh, uh, of Jordan Haywood in particular. He was the one that has the puck turnover off a pass. Uh, you know, really, the, the power play, that, that power play in particular, had struggled uh, for for a couple of moments there, R- really for the for the bulk of it, the power play has had some struggles over the course of this entire weekend. Uh, but you know, like you said, sort of in a not in a position where you're playing to win, almost sort of playing not to lose at that point in a caution. You know, I keep watching this team, and, and you know, teams need to learn how to win games, right? You think back to a few years ago when they lost the 14-1 goal games and needed to, they started to learn to win the next year, and then the year after that, they won a lot of them. But uh, you know, this team, as this season has gone along, you, you continue to see some games like this where they have this opportunity to put a game away. They had even the game last night, won one in the third period and not able to find a way to win it. Yeah, I think that goes back to you know being as young as they are. They're sort of in that same position they were in when they had the 14-1 goal losses. They've got, obviously, some guys in this team, the senior class in particular, uh, and even the junior class, that have some wins under their belt. Uh, but, you know, really, they're, they're in the same position. you get got that cyclical thing in college hockey where you're, where you're turning over your players every four years. So uh, they're, they're definitely in a better spot than they were. I think that was 2007-08, that year with the 14-1 goal losses. But they're sort of in the same position in the sense that the bulk of the of the, of the team that's playing every night, or a lot of them anyway, are freshmen and sophomores, and they've got to sort of learn that, go through those growing pains all over again. I feel like the big story over the last week or two has been the emergence or apparent emergence of Sam Murata as the, uh, the the number one goaltender. I don't know if that you know will indeed continue to be the case, but regardless, let's talk about the fact that over the last three games now, he's given up 0-1 and now one goal with one period to go. The, the, the big question is going to be, you know, how much of it is, how much of it do you ascribe to his play versus the fact that you are playing a main team that's second last and scoring in Division One, and, and they're giving, you know, they're only scoring a goal and a half a game. So you figure over three games, you, you'd give up what four, four or five goals or so. He's given up two, so that's better than that. But yeah, you know, still, this is really it, it's what should happen, right? So, so what happens from here? I guess well, it's probably a combination of both. Both factors, you know, in the sense that you're playing a team that's struggling to score goals, but I also thought that he's played better. I mean, just his rebound control, for example, I think for the beginning of the year to now is much better. Uh, and I also just think positionally he's playing better. And I sort—I of, thought of it last night, and I, and I wrote it somewhere last night. I don't exactly remember where, if it was in the, the Tribune story or on the blog. That I don't think it's a mistake that. Goaltending, and of course, Joe Kanata's goaltending was spectacular. But uh, goaltending really has been a strength for this team all the way back to when Jim Healy, who's the goalie coach, was it was the goalie. He went from Jim Healy to Andrew Braithwaite to to Joe Kanata, now to Sam and um, and Rasmus Tiernan. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the fact that the curriculum, I guess you'd say, or whatever you want to call it, has stayed the same. Because Tom Welby coached Jim Healy. Well, now Jim Healy, a student of Tom Welby, is coaching Joe Kanata and now Sam Rana and Rasmus. 
Rasmus Tiernan. So I think that message, that philosophy, whatever it is, has stayed consistent now for you know, really going back to 2005 when Tom was a goaltending coach. So I think having that consistency and a philosophy that's obviously proven has proven to work, you've seen progression uh, with all these goalies, specifically Sam. I think you're, you're, the more playing time he gets, uh, you're really starting to see him square up to the puck better than he was at the beginning of the year, and his rebound control is, is far and away better than it was at the beginning of the year. Talking with Mike McMahon from the Mac Report and also uh, writing for the Eagle Tribune, but uh, you know, looking at things down the stretch after this game tonight. Now, looking at the standings coming in tonight, the Warriors will be all done with the bottom three teams in Hockey East. So it's going to be the iron for the most part. The teams that are battling at the top of the league or even the middle of the league for the rest of the way here on out. So you know, this is a club that's got to find some consistency night in, night out. Yeah, I think they've got to find. You know, we've talked about it as well. Got to find some guys that can score goals that aren't named Mike Collins. Yeah. You know, on, on a more consistent basis, anyway. Uh, it, they've had some spurts here with a couple of different guys, but uh, that's what that's what they're going to need. I mean, good teams score goals. You know, defense is going to take you a, a long way, and, and, and defense can can win you a lot of games. But uh, if you're scoring, you know, two here tonight, one last night, and, and it's just it's that inconsistency of you know you score six at home against uh, against Maine on a Saturday, then you come up here on the Friday to tie them one one. So it's just finding that that consistency of uh, you know trying to average in the neighborhood of, of really I think three goals a game is what you really need to average to to be above 500 and, and challenge for those top four uh, home ice spots in the league. So that, that's what that's what they got to look for here in the second half. Well, as we mentioned, you uh, you write the Mac Report, themacreport.com. Uh, what are the big stories this week? Don't forget college hockey news too. Yes. Yeah, we've talked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I was mainly looking for the Merrimack-related stories from the Mac Report. So. Uh, well, I, I think there's, you know, I, I touched on a couple of local guys this week that aren't affiliated with Merrimack, but uh, in a way they are. Uh, Zach Sanford, who was coached by Casey Kesselring at Pickering Academy, a former Merrimack player, uh, was ranked 83rd by Central Scouting for North American skaters when their list came out earlier this week. Big jump for him because he wasn't on the watch list at all at the beginning of the year. I know there's been some hockey schools that have looked at him. Uh, and then uh, other than that, you know, we, we, there was a couple of recruit notes uh, on a couple of kids that have been uncommitted, Sanford being one. Uh, Tyler Hill, who's a, a big recruit in the literal sense of the word. He's a six-foot-six forward. Uh, he's gonna, he left Hotchkiss in a prep school here in New England. He's going to be headed to the USHL. And uh, Cam Askew is going to be going to Boston University in two or three years here. Uh, he's going to play some games in the USHL at the end of this year and then and also head out there next year as well. All right, Mike, thanks as always. You'll have your story and your, your thoughts after the game on the themacreport.com as well as the Eagle Tribune, right? I will, and I will probably have something up on CHN as well tonight. All right, that's great. Uh, you know, I should be, plug, should be plugging CHN as well. Don't, for, don't forget, download the CHN iPhone app, College Hockey News iPhone and Android app, so I'll put that plug out for that right now. But, uh, Mike, I was just Ma- checking it before I came on with you. <laughs> Mike, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. And uh, last question, Curtis Carr, we talked with him going from one child to two. You did you did the same thing, Owen Bourne, around the same time as, uh, as Curtis's second daughter. Uh, you, you agree with him there? Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I think you'd agree. Uh, God bless our wives who are home with them right now, and, and, and Curtis's wife, your wife, my wife, <laughs> Mark's wife, everybody's home with the kids. I'll wear it if you're having fun. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Mike. Mike McMahon has been our guest here in the second intermission with the Warriors up 2-1. to one. Back after this, John and I will recap. You are listening to coverage of Merrimack Hockey right here on WGAM, the game.